you see it's free to enter, but you have to pay to go down. And you slip in as the door mm -hmm. swings shut, and you are in Mr. Red's office. <laughs> My heart is beating so fast right now. Anyway, um, yes. So I'm just gonna like stay there and watch him for a second. I think she's just gonna file that away to talk to Bonin about later, and is going to stealth it back to the door and just wait at the door for a bit. Uh, give me a stealth roll. At advantage, because you are invisible. Mr. Red looks up. Meredith, I don't think we were done with our interaction. Yeah. <laughs> and now we continue. Don't want you slipping away without having a talk. He pushes the chair back and stands up. Mm -hmm. And as he does so, the room flickers and gets mm -hmm. darker. And there's, ooh, there's this, suddenly there's this chill that fills the room. Yeah. And mm -hmm. he looks at you and his eyes are glowing orange. I'm going to dispel the invisibility and just kind of look up at him and go, like, what did you think I was going to do? I'm not going to fault you for your nature. We all have to follow what drives us. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what do you want to do about it? Well, I think a price needs to be paid. You've intruded into my personal space mm -hmm. after I've been so hospitable. And as he says that, like, the room rumbles. Meredith is, like, freaking out on the inside, but um, I think performance-wise, she's like, eh, you know. He's walking around the desk towards you. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of looks up at him and raises an eyebrow and says, the way I see it, we're even now. Even. Ah, because you intruded here the way that I've intruded into your evening? Mm-hmm. Hmm, an interesting proposition, Meredith. And he, like, flicks his hand out and that cane just appears in his hand, like it flies across the room and he catches it and he stamps it onto the ground. And as he does so, branches emerge from the ground, these twisting vines mm -hmm. that wrap out and just spread out across the room slightly. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, that is one way of looking at it. I think it's the only way of looking at it. Oh, but there are so many ways to look at every situation, Meredith. Every challenge can turn to advantage. Every win can fall away. Things change. Enemies to friends, friends to enemies. Who I am today is who I wasn't tomorrow. What do you actually want? I was kind of wondering the same thing about you. And she like cocks her head to one side and looks up at him. Care to share? Hmm. No. Yeah, it was worth a shot. But you want something. You want something so badly you left your home and travelled to the city. And you make friends with every person you meet. You want something. You want everything, Meredith Meadowlark. What do you want right now, besides leaving? <laughs> I mean, leaving is a start. And he, he takes another step closer towards you, and even though he steps towards you, like, the room seems to expand, so he's walking uh -huh. towards you, but he's not actually getting closer. He's just looming bigger. Yep. Leaving could definitely be a start. Do you want more? 
I think everybody always wants more, don't they? If you want, I could grant you more. I think leaving is, is probably enough for today. What do you reckon? It seems that events, and he, as he says this, he starts to shrink back to his size and the room starts to contract back to its normal proportions. It seems events have unfolded in a way that that seems likely. Hmm. Well, that works for me. Remember, I don't need to be your enemy. I don't really need you to be my friend either. Ah, but I think you might. And you don't know it yet, but you will. You will soon. She kind of like lets out this massive huff and um, she's like, she was freaking out on the inside, I think, but now she's just exasperated. She's like, you know what? This guy wears you out. He just wears uh you out. Yeah, he really does. He's exhausting. I'm just like, do you not find being office, like deliberately obfuscating freaking exhausting? Like... I don't know about mm, you, does a but bird I would just... flying feel tired? Does a fish swimming feel tired? Do you breathing get exhausted? Sometimes. And he like goes to sit. Like, he he like leans back, and a chair just like slides across the room, and he sits down. Yes, well, sometimes is true. You can leave, and he flicks his hand, and the door swings open. Look. I'd love to say this has been fun, Mr. Red, but it's been truly exasperating. Hope to see you never. Bye. And then she just like skips out of the room. Until next time. And he flicks his hand and the door closes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Meredith is going to go back downstairs. Mm -hmm. Maybe like, you know, in, um, if this were like a movie, She'd close the door behind her and then, like, collapse on the floor for a second and then get up and walk away. <laughs> Fair. <sighs> uh, by the way, it's a good thing you were feeling lucky. Yes! Oh, my goodness! Good callback, Ben. That's fantastic. You travel back down the stairs through the backstage area and you arrive back to Trillis and Harold. Oh, don't you, you bump into Trillis mm. at the the curtain. Mm-hmm. You good? Mm, it's hard to say. You were gone a long time. Yeah, I have some interesting tales to tell. What have you? What have you been up to? Oh, nothing much. Let's go see if Harold's ready to leave yet. We've had a success. Uh, Harold, did you follow Ropple to the bathroom? Well, we didn't really have a discussion about when it would happen, did we? So. Well, okay, Ruppel has flown off somewhere. Uh, you can see that Meredith and Trillis have run into each mm-hmm. other. Are you going to wait for them to come back over before you follow Ruppel? No, Trillis knows where I was going. I'll, mm. If I see Meredith, then I'll follow. Okay. Uh, so you do that kind of like shuffle through a bar mm. thing uh, and head over to the men's Oh, room. actually, just before I go, um, if I have a deck, what I... Because assuming this conversation all happened while we were still, camp, like, sitting around with the cards, mm-hmm. I would like to find... Uh, I would like to find a card uh, of, of the druid. Okay. And I'm just going to write, better look next time, and I'm going to leave the card on the table before I leave. Mm-hmm. You follow... Ruppel, uh, well, he gets there much faster. You mm. can just zip across the room, um, get to the the bathroom, which is it's a very strange bathroom. Mm. Um, given the patrons of this tavern and the uh, requirements that they would need, um, but you hear Ruppel hey, hey, from a, a bathroom mm-hmm. store. Yeah, over here. Yep, so I um I go to follow. Hi. Um okay. So I say this in a way that I don't want to scare you, but it's important you don't resist. Alright then. Uh and he casts a spell that flicks at you. Mm-hmm. And you feel your shape 
begin to shrink and change and you are polymorphed mm-hmm. from Harold uh, into a cricket. Mm-hmm. Yes! And he like scoops you up and yeah. he gingerly places you into his bag. Stay quiet. Shh. And then he zips out of the bathroom. Uh, and makes Rick his way, and Harold. makes his way back to Roth, Topple, and Tough. So, Trillis and Meredith, you've gotten back to these pixies when Ruppel arrives, and he like gives a snot, like a sly nod to the other pixies. Mm-hmm. Hey, wait, where's where's Harold? Never fear. The cricket's in the bag. He taps his nose. Okay. Right. Well, my intention, make... Meredith, and I pull out the two coins that I've got. It's to get us both home. I'm fairly sure Harold's got his own deed of sorts. Well, I don't think there's anything else for me here. Let's go. Gonna look across at the pixies and just be like, am I right in thinking that, friends? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll meet you two at the, the successful steed. We'll have to take the long way, but we'll see you there. And they zip up and go out that side door. Right, Meredith. We'll go speak to the doorman. After you. Phyllis is just going to return the empty glass she's been holding to the bar in that polite way that people uh. should, but don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and wander over to the door. Uh, as you approach the door, the gnome-sized, hairy, stone-skinned fellow steps out from the stoneway. Can I help you, ladies? Am I right in thinking that a couple of tokens will get us home? One token per person. She's just going to flick them both up in the air and catch them again. I see, I see. All right. Well, uh, you hold that one. You hold that one. She hands the one that she got from Mr. Red to Meredith. Nice work. You don't know that that's which one it is, but like, for me, it's important. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, off you go. And he, he taps the doorway and it shimmers. And you can see the streets of Ferromasters behind it. After you, Meredith. My lady, she says with a grin and then like skips out the door. Okay. Um, well, she skips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you walk through the door. Just before I step through, I want to turn back just to see if I can see Mr. Red before I step out the door. He is watching from his balcony. Just that eye lock as you step through to disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, as you step through, your token fades back. Meredith, your token doesn't. Mm, interesting. Okay. Um, it's like a casino chip mm-hmm. token. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Harold will join you in a bit. He's on a magical journey. <laughs> uh, do the two of you make your way to the successful steed? Yeah. I cast my eyes around to see if I can see any more drunk barbarians that I need to wrangle to get them to the successful steed. Just in case of sight. No, you don't see any of them. Yeah. To the successful steed, then. All right. Lead on. I've never been there, actually. So you leave the Sunset District, heading into the Merchant District, to the successful steed, a large establishment here in the Merchant District, which gets quite a bit of traffic through it. It also has a lot of floors above it, uh, because it's not just a bar, it's a tavern, it's a full hotel above it. And as you arrive in the successful steed it is full of barbarians like they've (laughs) taken over fully half the bar it seems some of them at some point got lost and made their way here it's and they've also seemed to have picked up a group of traveling like merchants along the way and then that kind of like yeah that's all going yeah and the the crowd's gotten bigger um and they're having a, a raucous time here in the successful seat, you see Gore and Sigurd, um, you see Heidi, you see Michael, um, who is having a chat with Gore. Michael uh, looks a little like disheveled, slight, like his armor, like he's, he looks like he's been through the ringer getting all these people here. Uh, and a couple of minutes after you arrive, there is a, a tap on Meredith's shoulder. Mm-hmm. And you don't see who it is, but there is now a cricket on your shoulder. Uh, and Harold 
you don't really recall a lot of that journey. You spent mm. a lot of it like in this bag. Um, but there were a lot of like fuzzy teleportation kind of feels that you've you've experienced a couple times. You've you've somehow arrived here, and the last thing you remember before being outside was someone's hand, like a pixie's hand, reaching and grabbing you, and then sticking you on Meredith's shoulder before mm. you heard you heard a little, like a little see you later. Do I do I know who this is? Like, am I going to freak out and like brush it off? Uh you didn't. You didn't see Cricket Harold. No, I didn't. But the Pixies did say the crickets in the bag. They did say the crickets in the bag. Up to you. Uh, so, so Harold, you currently have the <laughs> mental scores of the cricket, mm. but you have your personality. Yeah. Uh, so, how do you find yourself as you are deposited on this? This halfling shoulder. Just channel your best inner cricket, Russ. <laughs> mm. Well, how long has it been? Well, difficult to judge, given the circumstances you've been through. Mostly because I, 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 I would understand how polymorph works, mm-hmm. at least abstract, at least in an abstract way, and I would know that there is a time limit on it. Yes. Um, you would know that time. Give me an arcana check uh, with your current cricket abilities, which I don't know what that would be. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not in the player's handbook? No, I don't think. Uh, oh, man. What kind of cricket? Uh, oh, here we go. Have I found the stats of a cave cricket? I have found the stats <gasps> of a cave what? cricket. There are, yeah, like, uh, okay. especially for wild That's shape, amazing. there are a lot of stat blocks out there. Uh, okay, so. well, apparently cave crickets don't have an intelligence score. <laughs> oh. Uh, they do have a 10 wisdom, though. Okay. Yeah, all right. Um, I'll use I'll use that. I'll use that. So that's just a straight um, a straight D20 then on, on... I'll say survival, if that's what I have, just to sort of think mm-hmm. how much time has passed. Although, having yeah. said that... Oh, no, we're not outside. Uh, 16. It's It's been... For, for you, mm. close to an hour. Okay. Because at an hour, I will change back into Harold. Or oh, it's also by concentration. They could drop the spell whenever they want to. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm fully aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drop the spell when he's sitting on Meredith. I think that'd be really funny and you should absolutely do it. Do it. <laughs> I don't think oh, it's Harold's choice. No, no, I meant it's it's not. I was, yeah, I was aimed at you, Ben. That was aimed at you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there's just a moment of like Meredith looking at this cricket and this cricket looking up at Meredith and this tiny cricket brain kind to comprehend what's going on. Oh. And then Harold is on Meredith's shoulder <laughs> as he like. A, <laughs> uh, and give me a dexterity saving throw, please. Both of us? Uh, both oh, of you. Man. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Kate here. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of Dungeons & Doctorates. If you're enjoying the show, why not recommend the podcast to a friend? It really helps us to grow our audience. It's bonkers to me that it's not just our friends listening to us anymore. If you have questions for our cast about the show or a submission for a mid-show message, head on over to dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. You can also help support the show by checking out our merch over there or specifically at merch.dndoctorates.com. And for now, back to the action. Oh, my God. I got a natural oh, 20 on a... on a one, so I can re-roll because I'm lucky. Yay. Yeah, nice. Natural 20 on a physical a roll. That's amazing. Awesome. I imagine well Meredith just literally feels the weight and, like, just, like, does a forward roll and then Harold just lands on his feet. <laughs> and yeah, I just Meredith look goes around. to like fall and then Harold and then just we, lands. And then we like, we stop and look at each other and go, Oh my God, that was Ta-da! amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how I did that, you know, just all of a sudden my feet were under right? me and yeah. I felt you on my shoulder and then I was like, there's a cricket on my shoulder. And I was like, how the heck did that get there? And then you, suddenly you were you and I was like, ah, and I fell forward and ah, oh, that was so cool. Yes. Well, you know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't stand to let that, terrorist sympathizer um have his way so i i found i found a bargain with somebody else uh well done and let's just say that i didn't exactly get the second one of us out of there by the most moral of means all 
so well done. You were too busy performing your heart out there, Meredith, to be doing anything to get yourself mm. out of this problem. I found some interesting things, actually, but I don't know that I should tell you guys about them here. Maybe later. Right. Well, should we have a drink? Then. I think we should all have a successful a drink to celebrate. Everyone roll me a D100. Okay, I'm going to do that by the means of digital dice. I'm going to do that by the means of percentile dice, because I can. Well. Uh, 73. 65. 75. Ah, uh, this is just so oh, thematically. Okay, so 65, a.k.a. Trillis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you at the successful steed... You're like, uh, I'll just have, and you like, you just point at a, like a large, there's a large like, um, yeah. chalkboard with the, like a oh, lot yeah. of cocktails just the, and like, things. I'll have that. I'll have one. I'll have one of that one. Yeah, um, and you get a drink, uh, which, and I, this is based on the the great big random mm -hmm. D100 list of tavern drinks. It's called Pixie Piss. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is it do like, then? It feels like it's gonna be fun. It looks like a swirling rainbow <laughs> in a cup. Mm. Okay. Um, and as you drink it, rainbows, rainbows everywhere. Yes. Uh, it's as much pleasure to drink as it is to look yes. at. Yes. It actually makes you feel. It feel it makes you feel funny, and you find it like really easy to laugh. And like everything is just way more funny and amusing. Perfect. She needs it after the night she's had. <laughs> cool. Uh, and actually, as you're drinking it, you actually feel yourself like not just like emotionally lifted, but physically lifted cool. uh, as under the spell levitate. Nice. Is this fizzy lifting drink? Basically, by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Harold, you rolled a 73 and you like, ah, oh, you know, given the spirit, let's just have that. Um, and they like, okay. And you order something called a harpy scream. Mm. Oh no, that sounds not, that sounds less fun. <laughs> um, so as they pour it. It's weird at first because, like, is that it's the same color as skin? Mm. Oh, no! And it actually that's has gross. like a, it actually has a very thin like foam on top, which like looks like a like a floating bit of skin. And uh. you're like, well, I ordered it, so. And despite its appearance, it actually isn't too bad. It tastes a little bitter at first, um, but then it becomes very sweet and then spicy. Actually, very spicy. Mm. Uh, give me a strength saving throw. Strength. Okay. Uh, 11. Okay. Um, well, meat to beat. You succeed and you gain a plus two on all performance checks for the next hour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as it like coats your throat. Mm. And Someone singing notice. karaoke. <laughs> Yes. You get it's something called the Beverage Brew. Beverage yep. Brew. Yeah. It's a dark brown liquid that as you drink it, it has this like an initial taste of like like they've somehow turned joy and happiness into a liquid. <gasps> it's so appropriate for Meredith. Although the aftertaste is a little a little bit like dirt. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to copy what that does and we'll come to it later. Alrighty. Because, uh, again, somehow you are rolling just very thematically. <laughs> and I'm going to add to our add to our drunken levels. Uh, Meredith. Yes? You need to make a constitution <laughs> saving oh, throw. Oh, no! Meredith. Uh, that's an 11. Uh, you succeed. You're fine. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, so here we are at the successful steed. 
one bar left from the from the end of the pub crawl, and you've managed to get back to all the other barbarians. I think Trillis has probably wandered over to the other barbarians and is doing that raucous laughing, like someone's told a mugby-based joke <laughs> that's gone down incredibly poorly in reality, but is really funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Harold, what are you up to? I'll probably actually um talking to Meredith and just be like, so where did you get off to then? You would not believe me. <laughs> I, um, gosh, saying it out loud is going to make me sound like I'm mad, but I snuck into Mr. Red's office. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was just so mad. I, um, was feeling a little bit reckless. So I decided to go and see if I could find anything out. Um, do you remember Bonin saying anything about the Defiant Quill Brigade? No, uh, not off the top of my head, but, you, you know, I think Potentia did, you know, a lot of the, uh, discussions about that kind of stuff with him, so. Man, I wish she was here. Well, you know, I think she just needs a little bit of time, uh. Yeah. I know. I know, but I just don't like having to wait <laughs> no well obviously uh, <laughs> but you know uh, I, I think uh, you know things affect people in a different way I suppose and you know we can just keep offering our support and if she wants it she can take it and if I suppose she doesn't then she doesn't and that's it so I mean I get that but I don't know that I feel entirely comfortable about that. But you're right, we can't force it to... Yes, you know, there's only so much one can do. I mean, you can... At the end of the day, you can't force people into what you think is best for them because at the end of the day, you might be wrong, you know? I mean, you you can just offer what oh. you can and that's it. Yeah, I know. And then she kind of, like, grins at Harold and, like, lifts up a mug and, and then makes this face and goes, but I want to fix it now, Harold. <laughs> uh. Well, I just, you know, be careful about those drinks. I don't want to hear that you've done drunk messaging, you know, throughout the night. Drunk, drunk do sending. Do you have message? Drunk sending. Do you have message? <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> drunk messaging in the dorms. Oh, no. You do have to be uh, quite um, close, but uh, yeah, you do. To do yeah, yeah. Na- neighboring door. She's just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, Meredith winks and and is like, "Don't worry, I won't push it." Michael comes over, and he's got a couple of drinks in his hands. Hey, just wanted to check everyone's good. You're feeling well. Um, I I got these for both of you. Uh, I it's it's a it's a halfling drink called Bleary. Um, it's it's made from like juice and berries and hu- like juice of honey. Eh. Where did you Sorry, get it's that? Been a did night. they have that here? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> um, it's like honey, spices, juiced berries. Oh, Harold, this stuff is amazing. It's like lightly alcoholic, but it's mostly like to refresh you rather than intoxicate <gasps> you. It's it's actually really good. It's so good. Oh. So Meredith like eagerly takes one and then sniffs it, like inhales it, and goes. Oh, it tastes like, smells like home. like home. <laughs> well, it mm. does, but she's smelling it. She's not tasting it. Mm. <laughs> so this this variety, Meredith, um, seems to be made for sale to humans rather than specifically <laughs> for halflings. So it's a little sweeter and a little heavier than what you're used to. Yeah. Um, kind of like a dessert wine. Mm-hmm. But, you know. It's good. And as you drink it, you feel refreshed, energized, and like a little cheery. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to, that's going to push Harold over the threshold. And Meredith also needs to make a constitution saving throw. Ah, oh, man. Ben, it seems like you almost just want to get our characters drunk. <laughs> it's a pub crawl. It's a pub crawl. I got a maths 20. A maths 20? A dirty 20. 20. Dirty 20. You're fine. Harold, constitution saving throw. Uh, 16. You're also fine. Ben internally like, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Ben keeping track. Mm -hmm. How much time has passed in game? Because in 
Ross knows this, I don't know how much Harold knows this, but time in the Feywild doesn't pass in, in the same rate as time in the material realm, right? Yeah. So your trip back took an hour, but mm. for everybody else, it took them like five minutes to leave the bar to get to here. Yeah. Five, right. like, like maybe 10 minutes to get here. Yeah, okay. So you had a bit more time than everyone else. Mm. But hey, it could have been a lot worse. It's also like, like it's the late hours of the night for mm. sure. Um, there's a surge actually of people and all these people are suddenly like rushing to go outside the bar. And you're like, what the heck's going on? And then this very tall, muscular Aarakocra bird person walks mm-hmm. in. Uh, he's got like like a, a rooster, like a, a cockerel's uh, like crown thing. Very bright plumage as he walks in. And you hear someone from the back of the bar calls out, Oh my god, it's Christoph Hensworth! I hate you. <laughs> Stop hate it! You. Uh, which is a bard that Meredith has heard of. He's a, 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 an actor bard. Yep. Who you've heard of for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the pub is, has kind of changed. Like the, the mood in the pub has changed. Some of the, the barbarians are like, ah, he's just a guy. But some of them are like, oh, I've... I saw him in that play. He was really good. I think Meredith is probably looking on with a bit of professional curiosity. Because you've probably never seen somebody this famous. No. I'd say not. Yeah. Uh, he's he's seems to be like very, you know, signing things, being very friendly. But he, he makes his way over to a alcove uh, with some of his friends. Like a booth. Um, and yeah, like a booth thing like cool. in the corner. And then somebody from the, the tavern security like steps in to kind of give him some space. So Trillis, mm-hmm. the the surge of people temporarily like pushed you around a little yep. bit, uh, but you managed to find a passage away from all these rushing legs, mm-hmm. uh, and you've found your way over to, to Heidi and Michael, who are sitting having like that, like one more bar, just one more bar, and then we don't have to look after them anymore. And, and Michael looks like I have to get caught home. It's not over for me. <laughs> Trillis, hi. How do, well done on getting them all here. The Heidi and, and Michael like toast the cheers. Michael looks, yeah, it was it was a challenge, uh, and he like blushes slightly, which I have to imagine is a strange color for a half orc. Yeah, sort of brown. Mm. Yeah. Did we lose anyone along the way, or do we think we've got everyone minus the one that wandered off much earlier? Uh, Heidi looks around. I think we actually have more than we started. <laughs> <laughs> do we have the ones we started with, though? That's a different question. Uh, well. Or is it too hard to know? I'm, I'm, I've mostly been counting heads, um, to be honest. Well, I'm sure there'll be some sore heads and interesting stories come. They're they're university students. They they're adults. They can we don't have to look after them fully. It's a pub crawl. They know what they're getting into, and we've we've prevented most fights and and various uh, injuries. True, it's been relatively tame, really. How many fingers have been almost cut off with the? Um... The, that knife game. Um, well, Harry's not there to ask, but if he was there, uh, a few hand injuries for sure. <laughs> um, as you recall, it's whoever stops, and you can either do it by skill or by just with enduring the pain. <laughs> if you were to talk to Gore, he might lament about how one of his knives has gone missing. Well, it was given to somebody, but they never came back. Right. Well, I might go get myself one last drink before the night is over. Does anyone need anything? Uh, no, we're good. We're just going to, I mean, we're heading to Dead Frez as the last stop for the evening. It's the next one. I think we're just chilling here for a bit because people like this pub. And Make, then we'll head over. We'll use up the time that we didn't spend in, what is that quiet what was that even about on this particular run? Yeah, the quiet flute. I don't know what Gore was thinking when he when he chose that one. I think <laughs> he just something different. I think he just walked through Silverstone and went, "That's a bar." 
that one. I want that one. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I think the goal was to kind of like hit every district on the way to Dead Fred's, and we got most of them. Yeah, we did. Yeah, all right. All right. Well, I'm gonna go get myself a drink. I'll see y'all in a minute. All right. Are you rolling? Or are you just grabbing? Um, I'll roll here, but I'll probably just grab one of the next one. So. Okay. Do 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 do. Hundred. Hey. Three? Two zeros and a three? Like a, a double zero and a three? Interesting. Three? <laughs> do you want me to roll a second one so you can have a choice? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Or 94. Wow, just two ends of the spectrum. Two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, we're going to go to the first one. Okay. Um, It is a... You're like, uh, I'll have that one. And he looks at you. So go, All right, sure thing. Uh, and he pours you a pint of orcish ale called Skullbuster. Oh no, that does not sound good to me. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, it is pink, a pink pink liquid with brown lumps. Ooh. That um, sounds delightful. Mm. Uh, with this this one in particular has three brown lumps in it. Right. Give me a, a constitution saving throw. Oh, why did I know you were going to say that? Okay. <laughs> constitution saving throw. Yes. Four. That's whatever I roll plus four. That is a 16 plus four. <sighs> oh, oh, no. Okay. You're, <laughs> oh, no. you're, you're okay. You're okay. <laughs> that sigh was not safe sounding. <laughs> uh, you. It hits you hard. You're like, oh my god, this is the the. I mean, I'm tiny, so that makes sense. Tiny, <laughs> this this potent orcish ale. Oh. Um, and I'm gonna say you need to make a Constitution saving throw because you are now above the drinking threshold. Right. Well <laughs> and truly above the drinking threshold. Ten plus four, so fourteen. All right, I rolled a you're, ten. <laughs> you're okay. You are okay. Okay. <laughs> Why am I very worried about whatever was on that D100 table? <laughs> the, uh, the On the other end. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Both of them. Yeah. Both of them were bad? Both well, of them were you, not good for me? Somehow, you you rolled two orcish drinks. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> My little gnome does not, does not an orcish drink probably adore. I picked the least potent of the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Cool. Uh, so she's gonna do that, and then she's gonna wander back to like somewhere to sit down if she's just been whomped with some. Oh yeah. Drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skullbuster. Jeez. Okay. What was the other one called? Just out of interest. Uh, so you t- you had a, a, a orcish skullbuster. The other one um, is called Glavglashk. <laughs> oh god. Okay. Which cool. uh, translates to an orcish curse. One you would never say in polite company. Ooh. Known for being one of the toughest drinks ever made. <laughs> Great. It's a drink that you don't drink for fun. It's a drink for ceremony and competition. <laughs> and I, I was know. like, oh, I'm going to pick the least of these two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great, cool. Am I still lo- levitating and laughing, by the way? Yeah, oh yeah. The, the, that you, you drank that and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> Wee! Great. Uh... I love this table. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, no. you spend a, f- a bit more here in the successful steed, drinking, being merry, chatting before the group uh, Gore announces to dead Freds. And he stumbles his way out of the bar and everybody follows after him. Does he do it with like no preamble or no warning? Just yeah, like, he, j- he just stands up. Yeah. Says Freds, and, <laughs> and just goes. And just everyone's like, ah, ah. all right, <laughs> down to the drink. Here we go. Leave. Yeah, that's it. Um, luckily, <laughs> the merchant district is just next to Ale Grove, so not far from the successful steed to Dead Freds. Right. Uh, Dead Freds this time of night is doing quite a bit of business. It's we're, we're like we're past midnight. It's it's the drinking hour 
Like it's everyone's out partying. And uh, Dead Fred's as a mix of all kinds of people suddenly has a vast percentage of the popu- of the population of barbarians influx into it. Great. But Fred doesn't seem f- doesn't seem phased by this and his ghostly figure is happy to pour drinks for everybody. Um but Harold probably hears him mumbling to himself about how the floor's never going to be clean. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, look, he's not wrong. Carlos is just going to sort of find a seat and sit. Mm-hmm. Hello, fans, followers, and fantasy aficionados. This is your friendly Dungeons & Doctorates DM, Ben, here to remind you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at dndoctorates, and to use the hashtag dndoctorates when you talk about the show. I always love seeing people talking about the show on social media, warms my heart, and... I'll probably interact with you. You'll get a shout out from me. It's great. If you would like one of us to leave a message for you in this part of the show, the mid-show message, you can fill out the form, which you can find on our link tree on all our social media. It's a very quick form to fill out. Just fill it out and then one of us can deliver a message for you, either as ourselves or as a character. Perhaps you would like a message from Gore. Just fill out that form and let us be the voice for a message to someone you care about. I want to give a special shout out uh, this episode to the creator of the great big random D100 list of tavern drinks that we've been using for this story arc. Uh, It was created or collected by Arakin's Lair. You can find them at Arakin's Layer on Twitter, A-U-R-I-C-A-N-S-L-A-I-R. Arakin's Layer on Twitter or at arakin'slayer.wordpress.com. It's been a great tool to use for this arc and I'm going to probably keep using it in the future. It's just a really cool list of 100 tavern drinks. Apologies for the delay on this episode. We had some internet issues uh, which caused files not to be uploaded when we thought they had been resolved now because you're listening to it obviously Uh, but the next episode hopefully going up next thursday the 17th if something goes wrong you'll hear about it on social media but fingers crossed everything's gonna be fine i'm not gonna hold us up any longer let's get back to this episode right now sigurd will sit across from you and he like plops himself down hey Trillis surprised you're still standing well, I'm s- am I standing I thought I was sitting does Sigurd look like he could vomit or be poisoned by alcohol at this point uh Sim- Sigurd looking at Sigurd it looks like he already has vomited alright uh, so he, he, he's, on the, he's on the other end of that, of that now I give him a good tap on the shoulder and I'm going to cast Lesser Restoration on Sig. He, like, perks up. Trellis, where'd you go after? Just went and got a drink slightly off the beaten track for a bit. Okay, okay. You went into the Sunset District, I went into the Sunset District. Where we came out the other end, don't need to talk about the middle bits, right? That's the way. Th- I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what she got up to in the Sunset dr- District, Sigurd, but I'm sure. Aye. He, ta- he taps his nose. Aye. <laughs> she raises her eyebrow in that, like, I don't want to know what you did. I, I don't. Don't want to know. After, excuse me. I have to go see a man about a donkey. And he steps up and walks. She just sits, oh, there, sh- she just okay. sits there shaking her head. Okay. Uh, Harold, Meredith, are you ordering alcoholic drinks or are you switching something else? I think Meredith is going to have some tea. (laughs) Yeah, probably seeing that probably is enough to persuade Harold to do the same. There's like, after Ziggard leaves, there's like a a very verbal sort of pause, like an audible pause. Yeah. And then we're all like... like, "Mm." (laughs) That thing where you just sort of... You're just like bobbing your head, like, hmm, hmm. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I feel like the Meredith just pipes up with, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you get tea for the table and you come back and Michael was sitting down. <sighs> What's the tea like? Because isn't, isn't Dead Fred the one that like makes you something that's like perfect? Because the thing oh, yeah. is... Harold missed out on this the first time because he ended up drinking that <gasps> horrible too. goblin drink. Yes. So <laughs> so this is Meredith's like ideal tea. Yeah. Mm. So Perfect she she would tea. she would have like mm-hmm. uh it'll be a pot with some cups. Um and yeah, it would be like perfect halfling tea. You know, floral, bit of honey. Oh yeah. It's just amazing. Uh and Michael, oh, can I have a, a cup, please? Thank you. Oh, of course. Go for it. It has been quite the night. Um, Yeah. He looks over, sees Gore having an arm wrestle with somebody. He's fine. Still in one piece? (laughs) Um, yes. Well, you got nothing to worry about then. Yeah. Um, Potentia didn't feel like coming out tonight. Uh, At that mention, because Trillis knows when she's sort of not part of a conversation, she's just going to get up and wander over to chat to Heidi. She doesn't sort of need to be... Fair enough. With her cup, with her cup of tea. Heidi <laughs> is like, now that we're here at Dead Fred's, Heidi's like, okay, I can drink now. Yeah. <laughs> I got everybody here. Yeah. I'm done. Yep. So Heidi would have uh, like a beer stein. Yep. Because mm. uh, she's in like, I'm tired, but I'm celebrating now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, after, uh, you know, what happened to Rafi... Uh, you know, uh, uh, recently. I actually, is that, is he the one on the, was he the one on the bridge? I've, I've kind of heard the news, but I haven't heard the details. Yes. Um, you know, Rafi was sort of a friend of ours, but especially Potentia and, um, he, he sort of got involved with the fight and, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, came worse off for it. Um. But we, we owe him a lot. He he certainly uh, is one of the reasons we were able to sort of make it out of there, to be honest. So, mm. Hey, actually, if I'm thinking of it, if you and Gore think about it, maybe stop by and see if she's okay? Um. Yeah, I mean, probably looks over. Probably not tonight. I don't think uh, that's a good oh, idea. Oh, n- no, definitely not tonight. <laughs> No, uh, I mean, I, and I mean, definitely not uh-huh. tonight. <laughs> I mean, no. I have to, I have to get Gore back to his place from here. Like he, uh, mm. that is going to be a challenge. Um, you know how friendly Gore is. Yeah. Yeah. When he drinks, he is more friendly. Uh huh. And just wants everybody to have the best time, which is lovely. Oh, but he's it's such also a sweetheart. He wants everybody he meets to be having a good time. Yeah. Which is not ideal when you're trying to get him somewhere. And he wants to stop and talk to every other drunk person he meets. Listen, you're doing a really good job, Michael. Have you ever been in that situation where you're trying to get, like, you're you're traveling with a drunk person and you meet another drunk person and their sober friend and you and that sober friend have that look of, like, here we go. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've got mine. You've got yours. Okay. <laughs> let's just, let's, let's, all right. I have that often. That's a frequent experience for me. Mm. But, you know, he's, uh, he's worth it. You love it. Admit it. And he like looks down at his drink. So have you had a good night? <laughs> I mean. You all, I mean, we, we got separated in the, uh, the Sunset District, but glad to see you arrived at the, uh, the successful steed. Yeah, I mean, we've we've had an interesting night. Do you say it's been interesting, Harold? Yeah, I mean that's one word for it. Uh, I think interesting is the right word. Uh, yes, we you know there there was just uh, a short detour along the way, but nothing we couldn't handle. Uh, I'm kind of glad we ended up in this place, though. You know, Dead Fred's is sort of uh, well, I don't think it's a hidden gem, but. Uh, I always enjoy it when we come here. It's always always fun. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a good place. It's kind of one of those kind of everybody is equal. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. There's something about this place. 
as he he looks around, he pours part of his drink onto the floor. Just going to make sure it sticks around, you know? Ah, that's right. Can Meredith, like, pat his arm? (laughs) No, that's the tradition here. Last time we were here, we didn't do it, and we got weird looks. Because Fred has unfinished business. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I'm going to do the same then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just let you like pour out a little bit of tea, just like pinky up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm classy, Harold. Gore, uh, having won his arm wrestling match, comes over to the two of you with Michael and he is carrying just this like handful of little glass containers, mm-hmm. like, like little shot glasses, and he puts one down in front of each of you. And he sees Heidi and and Trillis over. I got one for all of you. You've been taking care of us. That's important. I wanted to thank you. I'll see you later. And he walks over towards Trillis and, and Heidi and he gives each of you a little shot glass mm-hmm. with what looks like black jelly inside of it. Mm-hmm. And there's a like a wax seal on top. That, and as it sits there on the table, you see it like wiggle. Like it... Like it it jiggles on the table. Uh, do we dare? Michael looks at it. I've never had one of Dead Fred's uh, black jelly shots. I've heard they're quite potent. The barbarians love them. I'm not sure it's my thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel like I want to stick to my tea. I just don't know that much about oozes to try and consume one that's been soaked in alcohol. It just seems like a dangerous thing to do. Uh, and you look over and Gore has downed his and he like looks back with this big grin, but it's like blood in his mouth. Oh. And um, Meredith like gives a thumbs up <laughs> and then like very slowly pushes it to one side. <laughs> It's a it's a drink you have to fight to, to drink. <laughs> I'm gonna feign to drink mine, just sort of like a cheers to um to gore. To gore, but then sort of just as I put the shot glass down, I'm just gonna place it strategically behind the tea pot between <laughs> myself and him. <laughs> okay. Uh Trillis. I think she's linked arms with the Heidi, because it's if it's a barbarian tradition, then they've probably both just gone, this is what oh, we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they've done that like, um, thing where you link arms around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peel Very off wedding. the wax seal and uh, take it. All right. Give me a strength <laughs> saving throw. Strength saving throw, you say. Uh, 10 plus 5. Okay. Yeah. You manage to chew this, this drink because it's. It is an ooze. It is an ooze yeah. that you are drinking. You are consuming an ooze. I know. Just no one tells Susie. Yeah, basically. Now, give me a constitution saving throw. Oops, that got stuck. Uh, Ten. All right. Uh, You failed. You have hit the first level of inebriation. I'm floating. I'm laughing. I'm intimidating. You've just eaten a news. You have disadvantage on persuasion and deception checks. Does that mean I balance out from my... You, bal- you balance out. Oh, no, because that was plus one. It's not... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've still got plus one, but you now have disadvantage. And you also have advantage against being frightened. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. So I'm floating, laughing. <laughs> advantage against being frightened. Disadvantage on being... Which, which, you know, given I'm floating and laughing is probably fair. But also... Okay, go. Yeah. Go on up. All right. Go with it. Go with it, yeah. Well, with the the night coming to a close, the barbarians, some of them decide to kick on, go somewhere else. Some of them decide to stay here in Dead Freds, and some of them decide to head home. The night is officially over, and I imagine the three of you are also tired and want to head home rather than oh, kicking yes. on. Trillis is probably staying at Dead Fred's just because she spent so much time with not her best mates. 
and is probably mm-hmm. just like hanging with some of her barbarian friends. So yeah, mm-hmm. Trillis, now that the um the burden of responsibility is no longer on your shoulders, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she can actually like, you know, she's slightly drunk now, so she's just gonna hang in dead throats. You know what's literally just occurred to me? What? Where's Lanwin? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> you lost him real early. Oh, we lost him real early. Yep. Yep. I kept an eye on Spigot. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> oh no. Oh, Lanwin, I'm sorry. He's probably fine. Oh, yeah. Could be He's stuck on in a, a crab somewhere. He's on a porch. <laughs> as you as you start making your way home, uh, traveling from Ale Grove, you might end up in you might travel through Brassport and the West Gate towards Okoro. Yeah. And as you travel through Bra- like rather than go back through Sunset District and all that kind of stuff, as you travel through the Brassport, you just stumble across Lanwin, and he's just like completely fixated on this this uh crate just full of crabs and he's just like just just staring at them hey buddy meredith hi what you doing i'm looking at these crabs yeah you haven't been to the sunset district have you um uh, i don't remember Okay, okay. Just, just checking. Uh, Lanwin, you know, it's getting rather late and I think we should uh, we should perhaps turn around and head home, mm. don't you think? What? But the store doesn't open yet. I want to mm-hmm. buy a crab. No. I want to buy a crab, Harold. Can I, can I tell you a secret, just you and I? Yeah? The crabs will be there in the morning. Mm. I just think they're neat. They are neat, Lanwin. You know, they are neat. We know, buddy. Okay. And he looks, he like, he like stops for a moment and he looks at you. Don't tell Pinchy I was going to buy a crab. Oh, we won't. Absolutely. That's something we'll keep to ourselves. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Come on, mate. (laughs) Uh, And you assist Lanwin getting home yep (laughs) not for the first time and not for the last time yep (laughs) uh so harold you part ways with meredith and lamwin and oak row meredith you help lamwin get back to his dorm yep before retiring for the evening yep before meredith goes to bed Mm -hmm. i'm going to um open up a, a notebook and mm-hmm. just write down Deviant Quill Brigade? Is that what it was? Defiant Quill, Quill Brigade. Um, and then she'll just kind of like put a circle around it and then scroll underneath Ask Bonin. Mm-hmm. That's a problem for, for morning Meredith. Yep. You all settle in for your night. Meredith, you have an unusual dream. Mm-hmm. Your striding through a forest yeah. that is this lush green forest and you feel like completely at, at peace and, and calm in this forest and then this this beast appears in front of you this it comes out of the bushes and it's this furry fanged creature you're not quite sure and as you try to like make sense of what it is it shifts and changes to be something different so you can't a hundred percent gather what it is and as it gets closer to you 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 try to befriend it you try to cast something at it and it your magic just fizzles yeah and attempts you make to befriend it fail as you're backing away from this thing getting closer your back presses against this big old oak tree and this tree Despite everything else in the forest being lush and green, the leaves on this tree are red and orange and autumn colored. Yep. And as you look up at these leaves, one of them falls and lands on your your head. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at this creature, you don't know what you say to it, but it becomes 
afraid of you and it starts backing away and you start walking towards it with this confidence this this strength that you've never felt before okay you place your hand out towards this this beast and it like cowers down and then you just place your hand on it and that you can just for a moment you wake up feeling this fur in your fingers and then you're awake fully and there's nothing sitting on your desk is that token from Mr. Red and sitting on that token is a leaf that same like autumn leaf oh weird 